Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead in the Kilmore. Crone draws clean out from Mizzy. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beat Mizzy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mock Sports Presents the Quaddy Potty for a bonus episode for, of course... The big one, the Melbourne Cup, coming up on Tuesday. I'm Mitchell Cashmore, and as always, joined by Nick Highland. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Very excited for this coming Tuesday, taking the day off work for the for the big day. So I'm very excited to watch this big race. Yeah, it's, it is a big one. And um, just in this bonus episode, we're just going to go through it. Our balls deep analysis, runner by runner, to sort the pretenders from the contenders of the Melbourne Cup, as well as our... Uh, couple around the grounds from elsewhere because they're just racing everywhere as is tradition on cup day and of course we're going to try and get the Melbourne Cup quaddy so if we get that that'll be interesting talking about quaddies we finally hit one Nick how about it yeah that was good that was good to see it was um uh tossing and turning day that will talk about a bit more next week on our usual weekly podcast but um it's good to finally hit the quaddy yeah, just thought I'd mention that, but like you said, of course, full review of uh, yesterday's uh, Saturday meet will be on our regular Quaddy Potty episode next week as we attack uh, the final day of the um, Melbourne Cup Carnival. But for now, how about we just get straight into this analysis of the Melbourne Cup, my friend? Yeah, for sure. Nicholas, my friend, are you tired of the big bookies keeping you down? Yes, I am. Well, what if I told you there was an Aussie-owned bookie out there and they would keep your best interests at heart? You're kidding. There can't be. Well, with PlayUp, you can get access to some of the best quality customer service that I have ever seen from a bookie. Don't tell me there's a link in our Instagram bio to sign up with. Oh, you bet there is, Nico. Head to the show notes or in the link in our Instagram bio and you can sign up with PlayUp today and you can start getting access to not only amazing customer service, but also a wide range of incredible weekly promotions and offers. Tell them we sent you and they will look after you unlike the big bookies. All right, the Melbourne Cup, ladies and gentlemen, of course, it is known as the race that stops the nation and it's pretty much considered the jewel in the crown of Australian racing and one of the highest honours a horse can win in the world of horse racing. Uh, if you don't know, the race has a capacity of 24 horses that gets decided by a ballot system. Horses go into a ranking system and have to uh, run well over a year's time to try and move their way up the rankings and um, be allowed to uh, nominate, then accept, and they go through about three rounds of acceptances before they qualify and get selected for one of those 24 spots. And uh, unless there's some scratchings before Tuesday, there will be a full field of 24 going around on Tuesday. Um... One of the best things about the Melbourne Cup is the variety of horses it attracts. Not only just the Victorian horses, but uh, also horses from all the way, all the way around Australia, New South Wales, Perth, uh, Adelaide, Queensland, um, and of course the internationals. Those are the big hitters that always come over. Less internationals this time from everywhere: Europe, Asia, America, and New Zealand. But because of COVID, uh, less have come over. But still, some good ones running around, and we'll touch on them. Um, of course, the big thing going in this one, Nick, is um, I'll ask your opinion on it, the distance. You always seem to have a massive opinion on the distance of the Melbourne Cup and who can actually cut yeah, it. So what are your um, thoughts on that? It's definitely something that it's like, like it's said to be 
the Melbourne Cup the hardest punting race of the year. And the bookies would just love it because the amount of money that would get sunk into this race, people that sure. back different horses that like incentivize paying $2.70, a regular puntable thing, oh, this guy's guaranteed to win, won the Caulfield Cup easily. But coming into a two-mile race, anything can happen. Oh, it's uh, any 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 horse can run an absolute page of a race, and anything can happen. So the distance itself kind of explains that. Obviously, a long race, a lot of things can happen, a lot of things can go wrong, a lot of things can go right for a horse. So um, yeah, it's a big telling point. So the prices are um. Is definitely a bit of a race where you, you look for a bit more value than you do looking for the short price favourite, in my opinion. Yeah, it certainly is a very, very long race. So, you know, you need a horse that actually has the motor to go the whole 3,200 metres. Because, um, you know, this ho- this race is always filled with horses that are usually middle distances and they're, they're stepping up to the staying for the first time, but also a lot of genuine stayers getting attracted. It's yeah. It's that's always comes the big telling point. Horses often get found out, um, making the big jump to thirty two hundred. So you really need to find a horse that can go the long distance. And um, for punting wise, punters, you can look back at races like the Bart Cummings, the Andrew Ramsden, the Hotham Handicap, the Sydney Cup, the Cox Plate, and the Caulfield Cup. They're all key lead up events in this one because they are. Typically, the uh, the longer group ones in Australia, so they're the ones that you'd want to be running strong in to be any indication that you're going to be in a shot with running out the 3,200 meters. Um, but the big one, Nick, is the track. I think, honestly, in my opinion, what comes down to it is the track conditions on the day because um, certain conditions can just completely rule out any hope of winning for some horses, and it can absolutely fall into other horses' laps with something. You know, it comes out. If the track was a bog, only about three of these horses would actually be with a shot of winning. But looking like it's going to be absolutely bone dry on Tuesday. So expect it to be a good four or a good three by the time race comes around. And to be honest, not one horse likes to be running on a good three because it's just, that's just how hard the turf is. It just, they don't like it. it you're basically running on just, you know, it, it feels like for a horse. You're running on almost cement. Think of think of a cricket turf on like the fourth or fifth day of a test match. That it's that's how hard it is. And so, no horse really loves to run on it, but certainly others will struggle less than some. And however, it is meant to storm on Wednesday in Melbourne. And so, if that weather system gets pushed in quicker than expected and some rain falls, expect some major changes in betting. But at the moment, it seems to be. Likely that it'll be a uh, good four or good three. Other than that, Nick, seems though an ultimate showdown's been put up for the task this year. Incentivise versus the rest. Can they run him down? Let's find out. Let's get into it. Nick, take us away with your thoughts on the one horse, Twilight Payment. Yeah, look, it's it's obviously, in my opinion, it's going to be a contender. Um, I reckon I, I, I see this race penny out with um, Twilight Payment seeking the lead early trying to get in front of all the rest and um, doing what it did last year and leading the whole way. Um, probably a bit boring if we see Twilight Payment win again. Obviously, we want to see new winners coming through and other things like that, but definitely shouldn't be ruled out. It's been racing pretty well overseas um, with a win over in Ireland and then a second place, the most recent 
um, both at pretty long distances as well. So I definitely don't rule out Twilight Payment. I reckon um, Twilight Payment's a definite contender. Yeah, contender for me. One last year, so you can't really say that he can't go the distance. So there's that bonus already going for him. Drawn second to the rail, so he's going to be going forward, of course. And so he'll get no issues and he'll certainly be given every chance to repeat last year's amazing effort of leading the whole way, which was just spectacular to see. However, history seems to be against him here. No horse has ever won the race this old at nine years old. Plus, he's three kilos heavier than last time, and it's super rare to see a horse uh, win with that heavy of a weight and go back-to-back in a um, Melbourne Cup. However, the reason that that hasn't turned me off is I think he's just progressed well into this. And Danny O'Brien... Um, says he's as fit as he's ever been in his lifetime, and that's including before last year's cup. So I think he can definitely be in the finish, that's for sure, especially as this field is considerably weaker than last year's where he was able to win. So definite contender in my mind as well. And uh, we move on to number two, Incentivize, and I'm really keen to hear your thoughts on this one, Nick. Look, it's it's a tough one. So... Yeah, it's, I've really tossed and turned. And with a race this long, from a betting point of view, no chance that any money will be on incentivized. No chance. At $2.70 for this race, it's ridiculous. Last year's favorite, Tiger Moth, I'm pretty sure, was paying $9 or $7 or something as yeah, a favorite. $7. I don't think it was $9, but I think before race time, it jumped it around. On some bookies, it was around the 5 to 7 mark, yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's still a little bit better as a favourite. The two dollars seventy in the biggest and hardest race of the year. Um then again could absolutely storm through and prove everyone that it is the horse of the ages right now and has is yeah, one of the best horses we're gonna see. But um from a betting point of view, just can't be there, but it's definitely going to be a contender. I bet I I have a really strong feeling that it'll come second, but not win. Really? Yeah, I just feel like some of the other horses in this race are just going to turn it on, and have the the race of their life, and incentivize. Going to run a pretty good race, um, and Twilight Payment's going to be leading and trying to get a a back to back, um, Melbourne Cup victory, and incentivize is going to have to. Um, chase Twilight Payment down, but I don't know. I just have a really weird feeling that incentivized to kind of come second. Yeah, well, interesting. I mean, I agree with you when it comes to a betting um, stand. I mean, I'll probably have some money on him just to say that I had because if he comes out and wins, it's going to be very special. Like, it's going to be disappointing to see such a short favourite win the cup, but my God, it'll be really special to see him do it. He's going to be the shortest horse to have to win since Farlap. Now, that is an incredible stat. Farlap, of course, the big boom stat. I think the whole world of racing knows who Farlap is. And to be the first horse since him to win at this short a price in the Melbourne Cup would seriously be something special to see. And I, I wouldn't blame some punters having some money on him just to say that they had it on. And, you know, if you're at the track to keep the ticket, that's the sort of thing that you'd be wanting. Um, his trip down to Victoria has just absolutely been excellent, to say the least. Caulfield Cup win was arrogant, putting five lengths on the chasing pack and winning it by three and a half lengths on the uh, the runner-up, which was non-conformist. Um, the Dan O'Sullivan, who uh, rates horses, rated him as one of the five best horses in the world. So 
Basically, the weight of the country is now on his shoulders, and he has to respond. Everything, everyone, and their mother is saying he's unbeatable. Just time to prove it in my mind. Personally, I'd love to see it, but also personally, at that sort of price, I can't be. I can't be backing him in a in a betting sense. I'm going to be looking for value when it comes to my tip. But incentivize is a contender in the race for sure. I'd be an idiot to say otherwise. But um. We move on. Number three, Spanish Mission. The uh, the international that's had some question marks around his fitness, but uh, as of recording, he is confirmed to be running and has passed fit from the vet checks. So, Nick, what are your thoughts on Spanish Mission? Look, I'm going to be honest. It's it's hasn't stuck out to me in that much. $8.50 for this horse. Um, 50, like one of the top-end um, weights as well. It's just... It doesn't look too too good for me, to be honest. Just honestly, just don't know too much about it, enough about it, and I maybe I should go do a bit more research and watch some of these races that it's um that's run in. But yeah, my money can't be there, so I'm gonna have to say Pretender only because I just I couldn't tell you anything about this horse. That's me personally. Yes, Spanish Mission a Pretender. Well, I'm gonna have to say a contender, and I think the main contender. To incentivize, and uh, here's why, Nico. Um, might might help you there with a. Uh, I, I went back and watched a couple of those races. I know nothing about international racing, but I to get a bit of thought process around him. I went back and watched, and gee, he uh, certainly impressed me. Finished 11 lengths clear of former Melbourne Cup winner Cross Counter over the 3200 meters uh, last year in the United Kingdom, and was also what the winner of by three lengths in the uh, the Doncaster Cup over the 3,600-metre mark. So he know, we know he can go the distance, that's for sure. Later start was even better in my mind because he lost by a narrow margin to uh, Stradivarius. And Stradivarius is probably one of the only international names that I know because Stradivarius uh, is, was considered for a long time as the best stayer in the world. And never, I don't think ever came over to, um, here and everyone wanted it to, but Stradivarius was considered... Uh, a massive champion, um, but I think that form reads really well. But like I said, there's been some complications in quarantine with uh, its vet checks, and that's the reason why he couldn't get a lead-up in Australia, which would have uh, seen if the, the UK form held up. But I think it'd be hard not to back him, have some sort of betting on him with that sort of form. If he's if he's absolutely demolishing horses over the Melbourne Cup length and a Melbourne Cup winner and then going on to win by three lengths at 3,600 metres. I just feel like if he brings his best, and the doctors say that he's able to, considering the weak field of this year's Melbourne Cup, I think he could come out and absolutely run a huge race and chase down incentivise. That's just in my opinion, so I'm going to have to say Spanish Mission is a strong contender. Um, We move on to number four, very elegant. Thoughts, Nick? Yeah, look... I've had, had a bit of a up and down relationship with Very Elegant, this prep especially. Um, but I do I do like the, the prep it's come through with. Um, not that it was targeting this race at all, but it, it, it is pretty set up pretty nicely, I'd say, for this race. Um, just hasn't really struck its gear other than its one win this prep, but uh, which was an amazing win, don't get me wrong. But... Um, I don't know. It's 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 exciting to see this horse in this race. Uh, the price is probably where it should 
where it should be. But in a in a stronger field, I'd I'd rule rule her out. But in this race with this field, she's got to be a, a contender. So that's that's my opinion. Um, J Mac hops back on board, which is a, a big plus. Obviously, knows how to ride that horse better than anyone. So um, I say contender personally. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you've said that because you've been. Jumping off it previously, and I'm glad that we've uh, finally aligned because you know how much of a fan I am of the old very elegant. But to be fair, considering that it was a um, cons- considering that it's going to be a dry deck, you-, you worry because we all know that very elegant. Even though it has won on a dry deck, she of course loves the wet. So if that, in my opinion, if the rain does somehow come in a day early, she definitely goes on. Clear top pick in my mind, but the only reason that I reckon Very Elegant is a strong contender in this race is J Mac. Once it was announced J Mac got on board, shit got interesting. Like shit got real interesting in my mind, and I just think it's it's he it tipped the scale for her to go into contender territory in my mind because J Mac knows her like no other, and he's going to give her all the chance in the world to win this race. Last year's Melbourne Cup, go back and watch it. She came seventh. But uh, which doesn't read amazingly, but on paper that is. But go back and watch it. The turn of foot she had coming around that corner into the straight, and the way she finished, holy mother of God, did she go boom down that straight, going from nineteenth all the way to seventh, in, and to under four lengths off the finish, coming seventh in the final six hundred. It was very impressive, and that was Mark Zara on board. So with J Mac on board, I reckon he can ride it even better. Get her in the pocket of another horse, ride that slipstream all the way until he can pop out in the straight and absolutely charge the line like the animal that she is. Nine group ones already, this can make it ten, and she would absolutely cement legend status if she does so. I reckon she's matured beautifully. She proved in the cox plate that she can finally go the Melbourne way. In my mind, if she didn't miss the jump in that race, she won it. So I think, yeah, like I said, I think the only undoing is going to be that rock-hard deck. But tell you what, Genuine contender. I think Very Elegant will give them a run for their money. Um, number five, Explosive Jack. Yeah, I can't see it. I'm just going to straight up say pretender. Just nothing nothing there. The the run in the Caulfield Cup kind of says it all. 17th um, out of 18, obviously. And, yeah, just uh, I say pretender. Yeah. Um, despite an excellent fourth in last year's... Um, sorry, no. Despite, um, sorry, I was reading uh, the Chosen Ones notes there, punters, sorry. Uh, Explosive Jack, yeah, pretender in my mind. He he does like Flemington, but personally can't entertain betting on him. And uh, so pretender in my mind. I'll move into the Chosen One. Sorry, I was reading those notes. Pretender as well for the Chosen One in my mind. Uh, despite the excellent fourth in last year's edition and a beautiful lead up to this race, everything seemed to fall apart in the Caulfield Cup for him. Despite the great draw of uh, Barrier 5, can't possibly see him beating Incentivise after that run. However, his staying form is strong. It wouldn't shock me if I'm wrong in saying that he's a pretender, but that Caulfield Cup run suggests to me that he's just not as strong as he was in 2020. Nick, you're catching my drift here, or are you going against me? Uh, it's a tough one. It's definitely one that I, I weighed up as well. I think it'll be thereabouts, maybe top six, but I, I can't see it winning, so I'm going to call it a pretender. I don't have much much to say about it. 
Yeah, fair enough. We move on number seven, Delphi. Uh, it's pretty much the same with the chosen one. The only real form to go off is that win um, at Caulfield a couple of weeks ago. Um, so yeah, if I'm saying the chosen one's no chance, and then Delphi as well, it's it's pretty much the same to be honest. Um, it's it's yeah, I don't think so. Caulfield Caulfield Cup just says it all again. Just didn't run well at all. Um, yeah, that's that's all I have to say really. Yeah, pretender for Delphi as well for me. I think the horse needs another year under his belt. Bring him back next year, and he might be the favourite if he has the same sort of lead-up. Lead-up was just perfect. Looked to be a massive chance before he just absolutely over-raced hugely in the Caulfield Cup. Had just about the same run as incentivised until they came into that straight and just dropped off. Finished over 10 lengths off the finish. Think his motor's run out and just simply tied. However, does love the dry deck, so maybe that brings him back into it. I'm just not sure, really. Definitely overs in a betting sense, but I just think your money's probably better spent elsewhere. I think there are other horses in this race that are over the odds that you'd prefer to be putting your money on, so pretender for Delphi as well. And Ocean Billy, number eight, what are you thinking? Uh, pretender. I'm not even going to talk about it. Yeah, he'll go the distance, but shouldn't be winning. Would be a massive shock if Ocean, Ocean Billy wins this one, so pretender in my mind. Um, number nine, Salino. Same again. Yeah. Another one I reckon would have been much better in the betting sense if it hadn't been exposed by incentivise in the Caulfield Cup. Honestly, with its staying form, it, it's pretty good form, winning the Sydney Cup and a fourth in the Bart Cummings. I probably expect a bet positive run, probably running in the top 10, but just can't, like many of the others in this field, can't see him turning the tables on incentivise. So at best, he's running for second in my mind. So in that sense, pretender. Now, number 10. Johnny, get angry. I want to hear your thoughts on this one because I'm pretty passionate about this horse. No chance. Absolutely no chance. I don't even... I can't believe you're asking me for my opinion. I had nothing written down because I have, I reckon, two more years in this horse chance right now. No chance. Yeah, no. I 100% agree with you. I don't care what Dennis Pagan likes to claim. Johnny, get angry. Should not in this race. Plain and simple. Only reason why he is in is because not many internationals came over this year because of COVID. And I think Johnny Get Angry is the genuine epitome of why this edition of the Melbourne Cup is being considered as a pretty weak one. How come how he comes into the cup with being in the top ten in the ballot system is just ridiculous. He had one good run in his career and that was a fluke win in last year's Derby at like mammoth odds as well. So you know he can go the long distance. That's the only positive thing this horse has going for it. He, ever since that race, he has failed to do anything of note. He has failed to come within a sniff of the win. He has finished a combined 64.9 lengths off the finish, with 49 of those lengths coming in just his last two starts. Okay? Not to mention he's got a car park type of a barrier. So I tell you what, Nick, if Johnny Get Angry somehow gets up and wins the Melbourne Cup, I'll be shaving my head, I'll be taking a shot at Tabasco, I'll be doing a nudie run down George Street. I don't care. Whatever penalty you can come up for me, Nick, I will be doing that because this thing will not be competing. If you've got him in sweeps, maybe you'll be getting your money back for coming in last place because he does not deserve to be in the Melbourne Cup and I just think it's ridiculous that he's gotten a start, let alone being in the top 10 of the ballot system. Okay, half of that outburst. Number 11, Knight's Order. No chance. 
yeah, pretender. Only positive here is he's one of the few that's actually won at this distance, so there's that going for him. But other than that sort of form, nothing pointing to anything within a shot of a chance here, so pretender. Uh, number 12, hopefully we can get back to more of a positive note here, Persan. Yes, contender for me. Um, Caulfield Cup run, loved it, looked really good. Um, probably, what, the if not the best runner behind it, incentivizes absolute peach of a run. Um, nonconformist, it just didn't didn't do it for me. But Persan, I had some money on just for a place when we were at the races, um, so I was cheering with that. It paid pretty good for a place. I think it was $7.50 or something. Yeah. Um, obviously, he came fifth last year, Melbourne Cup, I'm pretty sure. Yep, fifth. Yep, came home um, to come fifth last year. And won the Bart Cummings... That uh, last year as well. So, um, definite horse that has got a definite form and $34 for this horse. It's just a, it's just one of those ones where, like I said, I like to go for value in these type of big races because everyone has a chance. And, yeah, per sand, um, I'm pretty, pretty happy with the, with the preparation it's come into. Um, should be peaking for this one, maybe even a little bit after peaking, but still still a pretty good fitness level to be running this race. But um, I definitely do like Persan in this race. Uh, 11th barrier, shouldn't shouldn't worry it too much. Yeah, $34 and $8.50 each way. It was probably one of my big betting ones of the day. Yeah, exactly right. Contender, because I reckon it is a roughie to absolutely get excited about. Like you said, finished fifth in last year's edition, and he carried uh, 51 kilos there, so he only rises two kilos here. Um, coming off a third in the Caulfield Cup. May and Eustace appear to absolutely have him peaking and ready to go at the right time. So I just think he's going to run a bolt of a race and will be... I, I think he's the only one, like you said, coming out of that Caulfield Cup that actually has the chance to turn it on incentivized, in my opinion. If he gets the breaks and incentivized doesn't, I would not be shocked at all if he goes all the way and takes this one. Has all the chance in the world to shock and win at massive odds. I'd be having him in your top four exotics punters for sure. So I agree with you higher there, Nico. I reckon Passan's probably one of the best each-way roughy chances in this race. Number 13, Cariff. No chance. I mean, yeah, certainly going to go the distance because uh, he's won at this distance. And dry deck, he likes the dry deck. So I probably expect, at best, top 10 but should be winning. So pretender. Uh, number 14, Master of Wine. Same again, no chance. Yep, again, probably the exact same thing I'd say with uh, Cariff. Wouldn't be shocked if he runs top 10, but would be super shocked if it goes anywhere near the finish. So Pretender, again, for Master of Wine. Uh, number 15, Pondus. All right, well, this is uh, coming back in again to a bit more of a positive note, but I still don't like this one. Um, I think it's a bit of a Pretender. Hasn't done too much, um, shown too much really for me, so... Yeah, don't really have much to say about it, Pretender. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, I'm going to have to say Contender. Going to have to go against you here. I think he's been built up nicely in this race with a respectable run in the Bart Cummins, in my mind. Followed that up with a pretty good fourth, in my opinion, at Mooney Valley. Um, I mean, yeah, you probably definitely want him going stronger considering he's going to face much tougher competition than he faced in those races previously. But, and... I don't know. He's an interesting one. I think he's probably the lowest contender that I have. Uh, I know that barrier one won't be pretty, but I think it'll help get into the front because you probably want to 
finish um settle in the front six front eight pack uh, if he's any chance of winning this one I just think that the drop to 52 kilos is pretty positive and I just see that price tag of $35 to win and $9 to place I just think it's a touch overs and I think if you if you're betting on this horse a fiver each way would be respectable in my mind like I said he's probably the lower end of the contenders but a win here for Pondus definitely wouldn't shock me um, number 16, Grand Promenade. Yeah, um, obviously won the, the Cummings two weeks back. So, um, definite contender, I'd say. Probably another one of the better ones. If you're looking for a bit of value, I do respect a bet on this one. 52 kilos as well. Should be pretty nice for this horse. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be in my exotics play for the, for the game. Um, for the race, sorry. But, um, but yeah, that's pretty much all you need to say. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, he, I mean, I can see why people would be fancying him. He, he's come through the grades really quickly. So quickly that, Nick, this is his first Group 1 effort. So he's never even won a Group 1, let alone because he, he just hasn't ran in any of them. Um, so I think that inexperience will probably eventually be his undoing. Serious in player... I think, but just with that inexperience and that inexperience alone, gonna have to say pretender. I think you know he'll. Probably look good for eighty no of that last push for the um for the once they go past the clock tower at Flemington. Um, like I said earlier with a couple other horses, give him another year and he could come back next year and be definitely one of the top contenders in my mind. But just that inexperience alone, I can't have him in this edition of the race. Bring him back in 2022, and I'll probably get around him much, much more. Um, number 17, Miami Bound. No. Yeah, I mean, it's a horse that I'm fond of. Back to the couple times on this podcast. But uh, no water on the track and no Jamie Carr. Going to be tough to win. It's a horse that loves to swim and has only really been positive when Carr is on board. So I think the only hope that Miami Bound's got is if those heavens open up a day early and dump some water on the track. But if it stays dry, Miami Bound won't be winning this one, I think. Uh, number 18, Port Gillamoo. No chance again. Just a couple of, couple of horses in this race. You kind of question how they actually get put in it. And this is one of them, I reckon. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, coming into Australia... He seemed to be one of those those horses that it, um, everyone was saying, ooh, could be a bit of a smoky here. The uh, he, he looks to be a good sort, but then just has not not adjusted to the Australian conditions whatsoever. So I think would be an absolute major shock if he got up at 150 to 1. Don't think there would be a punter in the world outside the owner's circle that would be holding the ticket, I reckon. Uh, number 19, She's Ideal. Yeah, look... Um, tough. Uh, obviously, obviously not a chance, but it might be top ten, maybe. Yeah, just yeah, just kind of gone off the face of it after a pretty good run um earlier on in the spring prep. But yeah, no chance. I don't think. Yeah, pretender for my mind gave up her chance at a Group One win when she blew it in the Metropolitan. Uh, like going to that race. Everyone seemed to be around her, thought she could get it done, but nah, absolutely blew it. And then, I mean, raced all right in the Caulfield Cup, 
But I reckon the best of her tank's been spent now. I reckon she's going to be pretty tired. Don't think that bodes well for having to try and go from the back of the pack all the way to the front in the space of the 600 metres. So I just don't think that uh, she's worth it. And the the betting price tells you why. It's I think she's currently at about around the $80 mark. So, I mean, good horse, but just not at all suited in this race, in my opinion. So you're going to have to be a pretender. Uh, number 20, future score? No, no chance. Uh, yeah. Love to say it, but won't happen. Yeah, we'd love to see a $200 horse get up here. It would be a win of absolutely epic proportions. But, I mean, don't see any form whatsoever that looks positive. And it's one of these horses that you think, gee, you have to spend a lot of money to get your horse in the Melbourne Cup. What even is the point if you've got no chance of making a making a profit on that? I think they have to pay upwards of 50 grand, 60, 50, 60 grand to get him in. A horse like Future Score, you'd be thinking you'd just be running it at a loss here. So, pretender there. 21, real interested to hear your thoughts on Charlie Rose. I'm hoping we get back to a bit of a positive note. No, I, I reckon this is another one of the really good um, rougher ones to go for in this race. I might even have a little bit of money on this horse for sure. Um, won the Geelong Cup, obviously, not too long ago by half a length, so that's obviously a good form to go off. And then second place in the in the Bart Cummins and um, third place behind Delphi and Nonconformist in the Naturalism as well. So, yeah, it has been pretty impressed. Impressive, um, this prep starting, um, not nothing out of the placings. So yeah, it could be a definite play if you if you fancy it, punters. But um, yeah, I'll definitely have some money on this horse. I reckon. Yes, yeah, strong contender in my mind. I reckon probably the best each way play for the race. I'm thinking you now. Just remember that Charlie Rose, this uh, back in autumn, it was considered the boom horse. It was the boom horse before Incentivize came onto the scene. Everyone was doing the early crow on Charlie Rose saying, this one's for the cup. Charlie Rose is winning the cup. They were saying it back in autumn. But then Incentivize came onto the um, scene and they just, they switched roles. Incentivize went from, you know, losing by 10 lengths in a Toowoomba Maiden to absolutely dominating everyone on its path. And Charlie Rose went from dominating everyone on its path to running some really weak races. But this prep, she's come back to her best. Um, and that Adelaide Cup form looks pretty sour, the one that seems to be turning everyone off her. But in reality, I'm aware that this is a much difficult task, more difficult task than the Adelaide Cup, and those horses that beat her in the Adelaide Cup would have no chance to be winning the Melbourne Cup. So it doesn't read amazing. But that was that. Mind you, that race was at the end of a really long prep for Charlie Rose. I think that was like seven or eight starts deep in the prep. She was very tired. She went there purely just to get another staying race under her belt, and they thought maybe it would be an easier win for her. But, yeah, I just think here, much suit, much more suited, ready to peak. Now, great draw, brings her best, can definitely challenge for a placing, and maybe even a shock win. But in my mind, wouldn't be a shock if Charlie Rose gets up in this one. 100%. We move on to number 22, Floating Artist. What are your thoughts? Oh, I don't know. It's tough. Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts before I uh, let's let's let you go first for this one. See what you have to say. Okay, I'm I'm gonna have to be contender. I think the the prep's been building nicely with this being 
this definitely being the grand final here. Should have won last start and was simply unlucky. Think it was just a case of Mooney Valley syndrome. Just one of those horses that couldn't do with the narrow Mooney Valley track. Uh, was touted as incentivized main challenge going into the Caulfield Cup, but didn't end up starting. So we have no idea how they fare head to head. So he could certainly use that element of surprise here if he gets over incentivized. Um, honestly, not sure if it wins, but I'd definitely be having him in your top four exotics because getting into those placings or running a fourth place definitely wouldn't be a surprise for floating artists in my mind. It's um it's all right. It's it's definitely not a bad one. Just been pretty pretty underrated, I reckon as well. Um, had a pretty good prep so far, but um obviously not not going against um really really great horses. So it's a tough one. But um fifty kilos on board as well for a, a bottom weight is is going to help for a long race. It's definitely one of the one of the things I consider pretty heavily. That's for sure. So um floating artist, I I'd have to say contender. Yeah, for sure. That weight will be massive for it as well. That's something that I left out. Yeah, the the 50 kilos, considering the weight that some of these horses, you know, incentivize going around at over 57. So big weight difference there might help it in the end. We all saw how strongly Animo ran in the Cox Plate with such little weight on its back. Um, we move on to number 23, Great House. I'm going to say pretender here. This might be against what you think. I'm not too sure what you have to say. But there's not enough rest time, I reckon. Running like yesterday and then running again on Tuesday in two very long races. I wouldn't be surprised to see this horse get scratched, to be honest. Um, 50 kilos bottom weight is probably the only positive. Pretty pretty good win. Pretty like good race it was um, yesterday to see it win against Man Kane. But, um, but yeah, I just think that a three-day turnaround, pretty much, for a for a horse running a two thousand five hundred meter race and then heading into a three thousand two hundred meter race just can't be too good for it, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna have to say pretender. Oh yeah, um, I'm gonna have to agree with you. It's very very hard to do that three-day backup. A couple of horses have done it. I think the last one was um, I think the last one was uh, shocking in two thousand nine, maybe I I think. But, um, yeah, three-day backup, extremely hard to do for a race like this. Um, so that's why I just think that the bean price of $21 is simply unders. I mean, could definitely run a strong race. I mean, wouldn't shock me if the ride was positive. But you'd be wanting the, pr- the, pr- sorry, the place price to be paying at least $10 in my mind if you'd be having a few bucks on that just to place. I just think, like you said, going to be far too tired after a really taxing prep. If if he had longer than three days to back up, I would have probably considered him more. But, yeah, pretender in my mind purely because he's coming off that three-day rest. I'd say, I'd say punters, if you if you like him, um, I'd wait till race day because I reckon he's going to go out a little bit. Um, that's if he doesn't get scratched. I really have a big feeling he might get scratched. Who knows? It's a big race, obviously. They might just want to push him and Walla wants to get as many many horses in this race as he can, but um, who knows? I, I But I'd wait till race day to put any money on it. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think it's going to get scratched. I reckon that uh, he'll have a whack at the cup just to just to see how he goes and just to maybe see for next year if he can hold up in that sort of um situation. I think maybe it's just a test for him at this point. Don't think he'll get the scratch, but I definitely do think, like you said, Nick, he might drift out a few dollars on race day. But, um... The final horse, number 24, Sir Lucan. Mm, 
Look, another um, international horse, and I don't really like international horses, obviously, but um, three-year-old only. So I'd like to see um, like see how he runs, to be honest, over here in Australia. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard for me. Obviously, it has rim run before at Sandown, but um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's looking like a bit of a pretender for me. I reckon it could be a future next year. Next year could be a decent one. I'd like to see how it runs, um, but I'm going to have to rule it out. 100%. You've taken the words out of my mouth. Come back and have a cra- another crack next year once he's older, wiser and fitter to take on this field. Like three-year-old, I think he's three-year-old by Australian standards, but four-year-old by European standards. Like there have been horses that have done it that young. Not many, but it's been done. It has been done, so... You can't rule him out on age alone, but like it is very hard and very rare to do it so young. And the form, decent enough to be running a positive way r- race. However, I just don't think he beats the likes of Incentivize, Very Elegant, or Spanish Mission. So I'm just going to have to say Pretender, but like you said, come back next year and I'll have much more confidence on him if he goes away for another year, works at it, has a even better prep coming into this, and having another year under his belt will do him a world of good. So, yeah, pretender now, but could definitely be a contender come 2022. Nice. So, uh, that now that we've sorted the pretenders from the contenders, Nick, what's your verdict? Who have you got on top? Um, top four? I'll go... Oh, it's tough, actually. Per San, no particular order. Per San. Um, Charlie Rose. Incentivize and Twilight Payment. That's my top four. Oh, okay. Um, and on top, I have Persan. Just very, very good horse in my opinion. Uh, Black booked it before, um, before its win last year in the in the Bart Cummings, and I had it down as a future Group One winner. It says in my Black books. So let's see if we can get that one done here. Um, Thirty-four dollars and eight dollars fifty. Definitely a, definitely a contention. Good price for it. Um, but I will, like I said, have some money on Trolley Rose as well. But, yeah, that's my top four and my winner per San. Lovely. Um, my top four, gee, it was hard to pick. Now, one of the top four in the Melbourne Cup always uh, pays, pays a retirement fee because so many rough horses could sneak their way into the top four. But I'm going to have to go, no particular order, incentivize Spanish Mission, very elegant, Pasan, and then a very honourable mention to Charlie Rose, who is the narrowest of fifth in my lineup behind Persan. I think that Persan and Charlie Rose, like I said, are the two best uh, each way players in this race. So I had to give a shout out to Charlie Rose, but to, I just couldn't edge out. I think Persan was just that little bit much better to fit in there with VE, incentivising Spanish Mission. And talking about Spanish Mission, that's who I've got on top. I think if Spanish Mission brings its best run to the race, I know there's a massive question mark around its fitness, according to those um those vettings, but if he turns up on race day, fully fit, ready to go, I think that European form holds up and he runs over the top of incentivize. But I just think either way, it's going to be a good race. Despite the, the lack of a really strong field, I think this race is going to be a good one. Nico, before we begin, let me ask you something. Do you reckon you're any good at fantasy sports? 
You bet I am, mate. Well, with Draft Stars, you can get off the bench and into the game. Play for fun or play for cash as you compete against other sports fans across Australia for huge prize pools, with some even going upwards of $10,000. That sounds like free money to me. Well, it's not exactly free money, my friend, but if you fancy yourself a bit of a fiend for anything fantasy sports related, whether it's horse racing, AFL, NRL, cricket, NBA, or whatever sport of your choosing, you can head to draftstars.com.au and start playing now. The details are in the show notes or in our Instagram bio. Click the link, sign up today. Tell them the mock voice sent you and start winning big on Draft Stars. Enough. But uh, that concludes the Bulls deep runner by runner analysis of the Melbourne Cup. Hopefully, we have snagged a winner there between the two of us, either Spanish Mission or Persan. If we do, my goodness, we will be crying on that for ages. It's always a lovely notch in a punter's belt picking the Melbourne Cup winner. But uh, for now, we'll move on. Let's just head into a couple of around the grounds picks, Nick. Um, I just want to, it's not around the grounds pick, but it's a, it's a sports bet market here for a head-to-head in the Melbourne Cup. There's two that I really, really like, and that's um, head-to-head Charlie Rose and Floating Artist. Charlie Rose is paying $1.94, it says, and I reckon that is an absolute steal because I reckon, like we said, Charlie Rose could be absolutely one of the best ones in the race, and Floating Artist is a is one that I, I didn't rate too highly personally. I reckon Charlie Rose should should beat that one in, as well as um, Twilight Payment over Very Elegant. I think Twilight Payment obviously proved itself last year um, and just probably just a better horse at the distance. So I reckon if you – I'm not sure if you can multi it, but those two bets as singles are, I, I'd take pretty, pretty well. Um, so, yeah. That's that's my my two better bets. Who do you have for around the grounds? And we'll come back to me. Oh, uh, yeah. So when I went around the grounds, looking at Sydney and Randwick, uh, I think I found some value with Hoover Lucy in the third. Only one win, but seems to have great pace when asked for it. Finds a weaker race than she's been dealing with, so I think she can get another win with Bowman on board at $5. I'm happy to uh, take that on. Same with The Face in race seven. Excellent sprinter that has outstanding form. From uh, its previous preps. However, this prep hasn't been amazing, but I think can definitely bounce back here. Should grab the front and try and outrun them and has the ability to do so. $7 to win and $2.50 to place is overs for sure. So you'd be going each way on the face there. At Eagle Farm in Queensland in race seven, Kisukanu goes around for the first time this prep. And I followed this girl pretty keenly throughout autumn and she rarely ran poorly for me. So I think $4 to win is a good price in my mind. So happy to take her on again. And Heaven Amore in the 8th. Just outstanding form this prep. I expect it to keep it going. $4.40 odds. Good enough for me. I'll take that on. And nothing really sticking out to me anywhere else apart from Yulong Storm in the last Flemington. I know $81. Call me silly, but it's a black booker and you know what they say. Always back your black book. And with those sort of odds, if I don't have $5 each way on it and it wins, I'll be kicking myself for the rest of the year. So... Anything you liked around the grounds, Nick? Um, yeah, Flemington race six, Enthar, like you said, Black Booker for me. Um, should should be a pretty good chance, paying three dollars ten at the moment. Um, and also over at Randwick race eight, just a bit of a roughy play each way. Magella, um, twenty six for the win and seven dollars fifty for a place. Hasn't had very much luck this this prep other than one win, but um, it's probably a little bit. Against a field that um 
definitely can get it done against. So yeah, Magella for me in that one. So yeah, that that's all for me around the grounds. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, we move in, try and continue our quaddy form, and we're going to try and hit the hardest quaddy of the year here with the Melbourne Cup quaddy. So we've gone Spanish Mission, very elegant. Uh, your tip, Persan, and of course we've covered the favourite in Incentivise in the Melbourne Cup itself. I know keeping it to four, like we like to do, is just, it was almost impossible to do so for this race, but we've set it on those four horses. We think those are the uh, four ones to be putting in your quaddy. Um, race eight, we've got Promise of Success, April Rain, Aidensfield, and La Mexicana. And who have we got in the last two races, Nick? Maricana, Spirit of Gaylord, uh, Villadin, and Station One. And then the last, we've got Quantico, Yulong Storm, Pandemic, and Curran. And 50 bucks will get you 19.5%. And, yeah, we'll be pretty pretty happy if we hit the hardest quaddy of the year. Yeah, that's for sure. It took us 11 episodes to hit one. We've got, well, include after this one, we've got three more after this one to keep it going. So hopefully we just keep the profits running and just keep knocking out quaddies left, right, and centre. But uh, before we sign off, want to mention quickly, big shout-out to Dabble. It's a bookie that we've gotten quite involved with. It's a bookie that combines betting and social aspect of betting. So you can go onto it, far, um, download Dabble, and when signing up, use the code Sports to let them know we sent you. And you can actually follow us on there. And every single bet we have on that app goes up on our profile for full transparency. And you can see exactly what the mocks are betting on, and you can follow us. And the reason I mention them is because we are a bit of a popular tipster on there, Nick. We've got over 2,000 followers. We're one of the most followed tippers on the platform. They've gone and bought us a dog race. Yeah, it's huge. Obviously, just out of, out of nowhere, we both we both saw it, and um, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty funny to be honest. So yeah, the the mock sports um race over at Carrington race two um tomorrow, so that's um Monday. Um, yes. yeah, pretty Monday pretty funny. Night. Yeah, it is Monday night. Who would have thought it on Monday night? The Carrington Dogs race two. Copy the mock sports is the race name. Who would have thought we'd ever have a Greyhound race named after us? Massive honour. Ma- uh, we'll definitely be getting on it. So we know nothing about dogs, but we'll definitely be throwing out our tips for that dog race for sure. 100%. But um, other than that, for Melbourne Cup, make sure to gamble responsibly. Nick, anything else to say? Yeah, just be careful. Obviously, I like to say more you bet, more you win, but probably not for Melbourne Cup Day because anyone... Anyone can win at the end of the day. Anyone can run an absolute peach of a race. But, um, yeah, spend your money accordingly. But all in all, the more you bet, the more you do win. Jeez. He loves it. He loves it. But, um, yeah, but like I like to say, gamble responsibly. But uh, we'll see you next week for our regular podcast. Hope you enjoy this bonus episode. And see you later, lads. Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the house.